You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, so now I get to have uh, Shadia Alamadine in the studio, and Shadia is the owner and buyer of Bettini's in Brea. I, um, it's a high fashion boutique in Brea, and I'm always so excited when we get to feature somebody from the northern parts of county life, because so oftentimes um, everybody's, well, I don't know, they're down here in uh, mid-county and south county, and I'm, I'm, I'd like to be represented. I live up there in uh, north county, so welcome, Shadia. Thank, Thank you for you. coming. Thank you for having me. Shadia is, I guess, one of the more important individuals in organizing Fashion Week. Um, uh, Catherine Marino, who's the president of Orange County Fashion Week, says she couldn't do it without you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So um, happy to have you here and have you give us thank your you. take on Orange County Fashion Week and why it's so important uh, to us here in Orange County. You know, Orange County Fashion Week brings not only fashions and designs made here in the USA, we're bringing things from all over the world, from Belgium to Germany, France, Latin America. So we're bringing worldwide designers to Orange County and uh, brings potential buyers to the USA as well. Right, right. So one of the things that we learned about uh, Orange County Fashion Week is, well, you know, everybody is aware of New York Fashion Week and London, of course, but we have our very own and it's it's pretty interesting because there's such a mix with that whole California Riviera lifestyle and um, luxury, the luxury market for certainly for real estate. I mean, one of the best in the world mm-hmm, and um, certainly mixed with that goes a lifestyle And Fashion Week is really trying to pay homage to that, aren't they? Absolutely. We have seven days of OC Fashion Week, and we feature different designers at different nights. One of my favorites is Sugar Rush that's happening this Saturday night, and we feature eight designers and uh, showcasing from lingerie to evening wear to casual wear, uh, paired up with other accessory designers. Oh, fabulous. Uh, one of the reasons why I decided to do fa- a feature on Fashion Week is so many of the events are open to the public. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Friday night is your opening night. That's at Lexus of Newport Beach, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, that is an evening where they're paying homage to fashion photographers. So mm-hmm. if anybody has an interest in photography, especially great fashion photography, that's kind of a special night to go, isn't it? It is very special. We have hundreds of photographers attending and showcasing their work. We have media, bloggers attending. So if you want to get your name out there, it definitely will be a great event to attend and promote your business. And that starts at 6 o'clock? 6 o'clock, yes, at the Lexus of Newport Beach. And, um, okay, so Sugar Rush, do you need a ticket for Sugar Rush? Yes, you do. Uh, th- you can go buy tickets online on eBrite, or you can go on the OCFashionWeek.com website and purchase your tickets. Okay. All right. And are they pretty reasonably priced? They're pretty reasonable. They're $35 per person. So it's for the fashion show? It's for and... the fashion shows, and you get to have uh, hors d'oeuvres and light drinks, soft drinks, and enjoy about eight different designers, so a 45-minute fashion show. Oh, very exciting. Oh, very good. Okay, so you come at this or you give to this um, process this perspective of a buyer of fashion. Mm -hmm. And I think as a consumer of fashion, so many people look at high fashion runway shows and they don't understand it. They don't really understand 
in a lot of cases that we're not necessarily seeing clothes that we're going to be expected to wear and put on our bodies. Um, what is, can you help us understand some of the misunderstandings of a high fashion runway show and how that affects um, you, a buyer of a retail store? Um, the high fashion, sometimes what happens is designers come up with these amazing lines. Some things might not be wearable, but other designers get inspired from those designs to make something more wearable for the average person and they make it into different levels. They could make it into, you know, more of a teenage kind of look, inspired on that look, and then more of a higher end cut. So we're not expecting you to wear a skirt that's only three inches long. No, not at all. <laughs> you have a choice to wear it if you'd like to, but no, it's not what's expected, you know, for everybody. That's hilarious. Okay. Well, so so when somebody goes to view a high fashion show like Sugar Rush on Saturday, that starts at six, right, by yes, the way? Okay, correct. I want to get that out because people may be expecting things to start much later and it's, uh, you'll miss it. <laughs> Um, what what should they be looking for? Should they be looking for a trend out of that show? Or? Yeah, it's new designers, new trends coming for spring and summer, and compl- some new lines, some design, brand new designers that are showcasing at OC Fashion Week that haven't showcased before. And a trend could be a color pattern, mm-hmm. um, colors or patterns or mixing of certain things that are not traditional, like maybe leather and you know lace, lace or something that we maybe... Obviously, that's been well played, but, you know, um, those types of things. Can you give us some inside scoop as to what some of the trends might be? Sure. We have some blends of spandex with lace. Uh, We have bathing suits with embellished crystals from a a bathing suit company. Complete amazing pieces with gems and rhinestones. Who's the bathing suit company? It's uh, B-Blink. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about some of them the other day because you also have... um, a shoe designer and uh, salt shoes, yeah. And uh, what a Betty! What a Betty's the hair designer. That's the hair designer. And then we had Claire Farewell from London. Uh, she has an amazing uh, casual wear line and uh, evening gowns as well. It's Brit B, a beach Brit. candy swim of beach candy. That, yes, that's going to be interesting. So, um, so we're looking. We're looking as a consumer to see these things from the high fashion runway trickle down into. Stores like Bettini's and Brea. Tell mm-hmm. me how you go about as a buyer assessing what your clients are going to buy from you. Uh, we have different types of clients with different tastes, different shapes, uh, ages, sizes. So when I do the buying, I look at products that many of my clients would like and would be interested in buying. Um, some of the lines featured in OC Fashion Week are salt shoes, which we carry and we do very well with. Menoni purses, which are gorgeous. They're made in South Africa, very unique designs. And What a Betty, they're beautiful embellished headpieces uh, that we normally carry. So these are lines you've looked after and, and seen sell in boutiques. Mm-hmm. What makes somebody, are these expensive lines? or like they're For somebody mid-prices. like me, am I... Uh, Am I a candidate for that? I guess I don't really know what someone like me means. <laughs> I'm the girl that's been buying from the aisles of Costco the last several years. I kid. shame on me, but nonetheless, um, the, the, it was very handy when I needed it to be. You handy. know, we have prices for all mm. budgets uh, with different, um, you know, styles. So high fashion doesn't have to be expensive. No, it does not. It's it's not necessary that it's start out at a thousand dollars. No, not at, not at all. And, and what would you say to? somebody who wanted to break out and try something unusual for them? How do you help a client assess their personal style? 
you know, it, normally I talk to them and depending on their lifestyle and, you know, if it's a businesswoman or, you know, she has if she has a busy social life. So we try to transition from daytime to evening wear, uh, something that they could wear to the office and it's still fun to wear to evening. And, you know, sometimes I kind of encourage them to change their style, uh, you know, a little bit if they don't wear skirts and I encourage, you know, maybe some, some styles, test the waters and see, you know, how they feel and how they look. And it's all about feeling good in what they wear. Right, right. How long have you been a shop owner? Uh, Ten years. And what what brought you up to Brea? Oh, well, I was working in different areas for a different company. I was a district manager, Uh and I was always moving to different locations and managing different locations. And I was always interested in Brea. I loved the atmosphere, loved the evening, you know, the the nightlife. And it seemed like there was a need for clothing stores. We have the Brea Mall, but still not that they they didn't have stores like my, like mine, like bikinis, uh-huh. with a mix of casual business and evening all in one. Oh. And our location is just off the freeway, very, very convenient. Um, where I don't know where you are. We're right across the street from the Brea Mall and Imperial and State College. Okay. And it's there's plenty of parking, easy to park, easy to get in and out. So our ladies, especially businesswomen, they're always on a busy schedule. They like to come in, set an appointment, shop, and leave. And they might want to avoid that mall. Where yes. are you across the mall? Because I'm trying to picture it. It's, uh, do you know where Alexander Salon is, active? No. It's, is that, um, it's on Imperial. So are you over by the side where the hat rests? Yes, right across the street from... Uh, I know, right where you are. Uh Okay, all right, very good. So that's kind of, you're across the street from Cheesecake Factory. Yes, yeah. Okay, all right, good location. Thank you. Um, So, okay, so some of the ways that you participate in Fashion Week, I want to hear about those. Um, What was the, what's the phrase of the talk that you give? Oh, my show, Behind the Seams. Yes, Uh, instead of behind the scenes, it's behind the (laughs) The scenes of clothing. S-E-A-M-S, that's right, very cute. Yeah, I interview designers uh, from different parts of the U.S., of the world, designers that will be featured at OC Fashion Week. Okay, so you will discuss each of those designers with the the viewing audience? Yes. Are you going to explain it to them? (laughs) A little bit. We'll do a little summary of each of them. What kind of a person attends OC Fashion Week? Somebody that loves fashion, that loves to see, you know, that wants to see what's going on, what's happening in Orange County, uh, what are the trends. Um, We have media attending, bloggers. We have different TV channels attending. Uh, Definitely people that love fashion and parties and see what's going on. Just to see, just to be out and about. A couple of the nights are open to the public. One of the other things that I love about this event, and Orange County in particular really, really seems to have an emphasis, is we're always raising money for something anytime we're out having fun, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly Fashion Week is no exception. It seems like every one of the designers has uh, a charity that's important to them, that they're working towards helping. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk to me about why that's important to you? Because I know that one of your mottos is live to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, fashion is fun and entertaining, and but it always feels better when you're doing something and knowing that somebody else is, you know, you're helping somebody else. 
Uh, in my business, I believe in giving back. I host different fundraising fashion shows for different charities um, to help them raise money. And OC Fashion Week, definitely, it's no exception. Every night, we are, uh, you know, host um, donating a percentage of what we raise to different charities. The first one is uh, the Wooden uh, Wounded Warriors, and a portion, a, per, uh, a portion of the ticket sales is going to them. Oh, very interesting. We're going to have her on next, and she's going to tell us about that project. So, well, I'm so excited we had a chance to talk to you. I understand you've been very instrumental in organizing this, and Orange County Fashion Week is rapidly becoming a really popular event mm-hmm. here and um, getting on everybody's radar. So, um, Shadia from Batini's and Brea, thank you for coming all the way down to the studio and uh, sharing a little bit about your vision for fashion and um, and what it's like to be a buyer today. Oh. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me, Kimberly. It's been great, and we hope to see you at OC Fashion Week. We're going to have great fashion shows and great after parties. Up oh, sounds wonderful. All right. <laughs> All right, you take care now. Thanks, you too. All right, so I'm excited to have Kayla Metfen in this. Um, well, actually, you're coming to us um, from L.A. You're not quite down here yet for Fashion Week, but we're excited to have you down here. Um let's let's Kayla just tell me all about you I want to know a little bit about your story and how you became a designer and uh what what actually led you to becoming a um, a haute couture designer oh well first off I just want to say thank you thank you for having me I'm very very excited to be here so um I wish I was actually down in OC right now but uh well you will be soon enough I will (laughs) um what led me to be a couture designer it's uh, just basically, I grew up here in LA until I was uh, until I was fourteen, and then I moved to Paris. I like originally wanted to become an entertainment lawyer, but as soon as I moved to Europe, you know, and I discovered the arts and Versailles and the museums and the culture and just Europe in general, and then I traveled and backpacked to Italy and you know London, and I just discovered all these beautiful pieces. And I've always been really fascinated with lingerie ever since a little girl, always, you know, dressing up and having little tea parties and, you know, pretending I was a princess. Um, (laughs) You know, I decided to go, yeah, I think every girl does that. I decided uh, when I finished high school, I was like, you know what? I don't think law is going to be my thing. And I went to uh, design design school, couture, and I specialized my third year in um, in costume. And then I did my master's in lingerie. So then I combined the two. So now I'm doing like costume lingerie. <laughs> so your first design school was actually in Paris? Yeah, it was in Paris. I kind of, uh, it's called S-Mode. Uh, it's, um, you know, they do everything from apparel to baby wear to meds. It's kind of like the Parsons in New York, but of Europe. Okay. Very lucky to get accepted into it. You know, I've never designed before. I didn't even know I was gifted in designing before I got accepted and got started in the school. And how old were you when that happened? I was 17. I was 17. And, uh, God, that's I remember remarkable. Going, yeah, I remember just going in for my interview, and they're like, okay. They start asking a few questions about what I see in fashion, what I can do for fashion, and what my beliefs are, you know? Okay, and, so I got to ask you, what, what were some of your responses that got a 17-year-old American girl in a French design house, design school. Well, you know, I remember I was like, I just responded to the woman. I was like, look, you know, my dream is to make every woman feel like they can fall in love again and that every, any man can have them. 
so that's where the whole costume lingerie came in. When a man is, when you're getting married and you're walking down the aisle and the man looks at his bride, he has that heartbeat. You know, he has that stamped memory in his head, that picture frame Kodak moment. Like, he's like, wow, this is my wife. You know, I'm in love. This is, this is my woman. Except I wanted to relive that dream every time in the bedroom. <laughs> but in luxury couture lingerie, which no one's done. So I said, you know what? Why does it have to be down a bridal aisle? Why can't we just look fabulous in a half-naked ball gown in the bedroom? Oh, very nice. So I I decided to get more into turning ball gowns into lingerie. So you can wear it on your honeymoon. You can wear it on your anniversary night, on Valentine's Day, your birthday. Uh, you're celebrating your boyfriend's 40th. You know, I wanted I wanted the special occasion to be more of a romantic, sensual fantasy, but in a way that if he would never forget the way you look, that he could keep falling in love and in love over and over and over again. And that's really what I told told them at Essen. I said, my dream is to have any man fall in love with you. That's how beautiful I want to make my clothing. I want his heart to stop. And that moved them. That moved them. And I got in, and then, you know, I started drawing, and I didn't realize, you know, with the techniques I learned, I didn't realize I could draw. Seriously, I could only draw a stick figure in the beginning. And now every day I'm drawing. I'm drawing like two hours constantly a day. And it's just, it's so good for, you know, the left side of your brain. It just works all your creativity. And now I'm like, I'm drawing all these masterpieces. And people are like, oh my God, you drew that. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it was a wild, it was a wild, fun experience. Just, you know, studying as well in a different language really was, was a lot of fun, you know, and just meeting all the French people and going to all the French houses and couture designers and seeing all the French runway shows, going to Gaultier, Nina Ritchie. I mean, it was just fabulous. It sounds amazing. What were your parents, were they, did they move over there? They obviously moved you over there at 14. Were they into design or were they encouraging this new direction for you? Um, No, you know, I actually come from a family, um, well, the reason I moved to Paris, sadly, is my mom passed away when I was younger of cancer. So, you know, God bless her soul. Uh, so I went to go live with my father in, in France. And, you know, my, you know, I didn't really, I was never really close to my father. Uh, you know, my parents never really got along. And my dad, funny enough, he's an, a Muslim extremist. Oh, my. He, oh, yeah. He prays five times a day. He does Ramadan. He wears the whole Shabbat with the rug on the floor, the whole deal. It was a shocker um, as an American girl. You know, I come from Beverly Hills. I'm moving <laughs> to France. Meeting my father. I met him like twice in my life before for the first time. And, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be an issue. And that's why I left the house so early at 17. You know, I, I mean, I wrapped, up, I wrapped up high school very early, you know, and then I just, I said, see ya. <laughs> um, what and, a story. You know, yeah. He didn't really, you know, and their beliefs uh, in the Muslim culture and Islam, they don't really believe the woman, you know. The artistic brain is considered the devil in their, in their type of culture. You know, my dad, he's an extremist. You know, obviously today we have Arabs and Muslims who are very open. You know, we have lots of those here in L.A. and the O.C., but sadly, you know, some people are still stuck, you know, back in the century, so... But, you know, I went off and I lived my dream. I did my own thing. And here I am having my first show. You know, I'm 23 years old. And 
I'm excited, you know? I mean, I really wish my father would support me and would be here for it, but you know what? I keep my head up strong, and I'm doing what I love, and that's the most important thing, and that's what makes me happy every day. And I have all my friends, you know, I've met so many beautiful friends here that support me, and especially my staff, and they're my real family today. You know, someone who believes in your dream and follows you are really the people who, who, you know, stand by you. So I'm excited they will be there. Oh, that's so well said. And what a great backstory for you. Um, you know, I love that you wanted to find a way to showcase love so much. And that is, gosh, I mean, if you're a designer and you you love fashion, there's just nothing greater than beautiful fabrics and uh, beauty next to the most beautiful figure, you know, I would say would be the human body. And Absolutely. What a, what a treat for you to be able to design for that body in such a very intimate, um, and not exposing, but in such an intimate and rich sort of way. Um, yeah, you know, when people think of lingerie, you know, they're thinking S&M or Agent Provocator and Victoria's Secret. I'm like, no, 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 you have it all wrong. It's a celebration. Making love is a celebration, you know? To have that emotional connection with someone and to look beautiful in their eyes is something, you know, we need to recognize and celebrate more in a graceful, tasteful, exquisite manner. And that's really what I want to bring, because it doesn't exist. Couture lingerie does not exist, you know. And I think, you know, it should be recognized. I think the woman's body is the most gorgeous thing on the planet, and it should be much more appreciated, you know, of every shape and size, big, curvy, skinny. You know, we, we really need to show more of appreciation for it. So that's my main goal. So give me a little bit of an education. What makes the lingerie that you're designing couture? What makes it? Okay, well, I mostly focus on, um, see, every designer kind of has their niche, and my niche more, nevertheless, is I work a lot with feathers and dantel beads. So in my collection, basically, you're going to see a lot of dantel, which is um, fabricated in Moulin and in the south of France, and it's all hand-sewn on beads, like back in the Victorian days, in the Renaissance. And I really love feathers because, see, most people have a fetish with latex or leather or, you know, people think of lingerie so hardcore. And I have a fetish for feathers because, you know, I work with actually down here in downtown Mother Pluckers. And they work on all the Victoria's Secret fashion shows. And they've partnered up with me to help me make my collection. Mm -hmm. And um, I really just think it's so divine to see beautiful peacock feathers and off and feathers on a woman's body, you know, because it's such a soft touch, the way it flows when you walk, the way you move. And it's a very light fetish in a way where it's so beautiful, you almost don't want to touch, you just want to stare. And that's (laughs) what I like about it. You know, it's not like you want to grab it. You just want to stare at it. Oh, that's exciting. There's going to be a lot of that in my collection. So um, I'm very excited. So it's mostly based on Dantel, beads, lace, uh, and feathers. So, and yeah. all the refinements that go into making something couture. Yeah, basically. So um, I'm excited to see how they look on the runway. Why do you think this hasn't been done before, couture lingerie? Um, I think it hasn't been done before. Because, see, when people think of lingerie, I mean, you know, they don't think of it in a way where, to what limit will I go to please? Hmm. In the way of, to what length will I go to look good? Couture lingerie, I mean, it's what's practical and what can I wear again. 
See, when I'm thinking of making my couture lingerie, you're going to wear it one time, and that's it. Right. That's how special the night is. You wear it that one night. Let's say it's Valentine's Day. He comes home. You've got the champagne, the candles, the rose petals on the floor. You know. And there you are, you know, wearing a beautiful lace corset with a train full of beads behind you and a, and a beautiful ostrich, you know, um, uh, ostrich bun. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on, but uh, it's not done because it's not, most people want something they can wear again and again. If you want something for one night and one memory, then I think I'm more of a person to help out. So I don't think it's, it hasn't been done because I think designers are more into making money. Right. As well as into, I don't make money, I make pieces of art. Right. Every piece of art, I spend at least one month to do one look. Wow. Because it's a piece of art. You wear it once, it's made to be seen once, photographed once, and then it's destroyed. And that doesn't exist today because everyone's about, oh, let's make money, let's make profit, let's open a store here. What can I sell cheaper in my collection to have more money? You know, a lot of designers, they make keychains, handbags, and that's just not my thing. I'm not about the money. I'm all about that one moment that you can say in your head, holy, you know, I don't want to swear on the radio. <laughs> 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 I'm all about that one moment that's where you're nice. just like, wow. So that's more, of, that's more of my intake. Okay, so tell me the name of your line of lingerie. It's of best course. if you say it. Latroductus. It's funny because my ex-boyfriend, he said, I'm like a widow spider. I just eat men up and then I get rid of them. So it I looked like up. something, something worth doing. I know. <laughs> Especially if you're only wearing the lingerie ones. You just sneeze in it and you just throw it away. You know what I mean? Now, you, don't need, you don't sneeze in the tissue twice. You get what I mean? I mean no. Oh, yeah. So I look it up online and I see the sexy word, latroductus. I'm like, ooh. So it's the South African black widow spider. She eats the male after she sleeps with him. So, she, you know, she, she has sex with him. Um, and then after she's done penetrating, she swallows him. Huh. Turn it and out, fair like, play, baby. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's right. So it's kind of, I got the concept of this actually works really well. Because let's say, for example, you know, um, you, can, you can even twist it. You know, this, let's say you and your husband aren't doing so well in your relationship. You know, things that kind of been off lately, work's been heavy, you know. And you decide to come to my place, I'll make you a couture outfit, and you're going to have a celebration one night. He comes home from work, he opens the door, and there he sees you. He falls in love again, the romance is back, the passion is back, the lust is back, and that's it. He's yours after. Do whatever you want. You've manipulated him. (laughs) Tell him to do the laundry. Take the kids to school. He's yours, baby. That's how I see it. That's right. <laughs> Let's use our sexuality and our, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a feminist, feminist, but I kind of am. I think we should dominate, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I just think that, you know, just being more open into that whole, whole pleasure world and, you know, I, I think we'll just do so much better in a relationship. <laughs> Well, I, I am so excited to see what you have. You are debuting as a haute couture designer here this uh, this week at Fashion Week, Orange County Fashion Week, that begins on February the 27th. <clears throat> and actually, your showcase date is, is it Saturday, March 7th? That's your No, I, I, 
you know what? I don't know. I'm March 5th. You're March 5th. I, I know. I thought it ended on the 5th. You're you're the last night, right? Yes, on the last night. I'm the grand finale. You're the grand finale. March 5th on uh, Dawson Cole, at, at Dawson Cole Fine Art down in Laguna Beach. Yeah. And that is oh, such a fabulous sculpture garden. And uh, tell me about um, tell me about what it's like to be debuting your your line of work in front of so many people down here in Orange County. Oh my God, I'm so nervous. Are you really? No. You don't I'm sound nervous. Too. You sound great. Oh my God! Before I got on the phone with you, I was nervous. I'm always nervous. <laughs> well, that's maybe the the creative side to you, just tuning into the moment. I don't know, but um, but so tell me a little bit about the show. What what can we expect to see when we go? When you know what you're gonna say, you're gonna expect nothing but beautiful skinny models. <laughs> I believe um, I believe Catherine Marino has the ballet dancers are featuring your clothes. Is that correct? Yeah, I actually just spent a whole day with them uh, yesterday in my art studio downtown. We practiced the walk. I made I specialized all of them in a certain sensual walk. So you guys are gonna have some very hot hot walks coming down. The runaway. It's going to be a hot show. We have whips, accessories, handcuffs. So it's it's going to be very, very, very sexy. So from the music to the way they're going to walk, from the posing, you know, I worked with each one of them for like at least 30 minutes to make sure that they pose in the right way. They know how to turn the garments. They know how to whip the whips, turn it, you know, they, they know how to unlock the handcuffs. So I really want them to really give a show. You know, I don't want this to be a general. I get bored at fashion shows when models just walk in a straight line. I'm like, eh. You know, I want to see them do something and play with the garments. So we really, you're going to be expecting a lot of that. So Very that's exciting. going to be exciting. Very exciting. And then after this big event, when she pulled this off, your, your debut, um, what can we look forward to in your design work and beyond? So I'm going to also be doing the Mercedes-Benz fashion show. It's March 18th. It's down by the Pacific Design Center. Um, so I'm going to be one of the three designers performing that night. So I'm very excited about that. There's going to be a big crowd of people there as well. So it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful fashion. I've never, you know, Mercedes-Benz, I called them. They came down to my art studio, and they normally don't take on such young designers. You know, they usually have had, to have had a few collections and everything. But they came in, and they even offered to do PR for me and, and I was just like, oh, wow, okay, they're like being our show. Then they even offered me to do the September New York one. So I just signed the papers for the New York one as well. And then I also am about to go sign Dubai. Oh, very exciting. Wow, that's going to be interesting for you. So, yeah, oh, my God. I mean, Dubai, I've never, I'm so excited to go to Dubai. You know, I, I'm excited because Mercedes, you know, they're really – they are just so known for their fashion shows, so it's an honor to be participating with them, as well as an honor to be in the OC one. I mean, I'm just so lucky, and, you know, I'm so blessed to do what I love. And, you know, this year has been really challenging for me in a lot of ways, but this really pays it off, just having these these two beautiful things in my life. Oh, Kayla Methven, it's been an absolute joy to spend some time with you, and um, I'm really looking forward to see where where you take your career and your passion for design, so exciting. And I'll look forward to seeing you uh, probably uh, by the side of the runway there on March 5th at Dawson Cole Fine Art for uh, the culmination, the, the final night of Orange County Fashion Week. You can go uh, find out more about Kayla and Orange County Fashion Week by going to ocfashionweek.com and um, learn a little bit about all the designers that will be there and 
uh, Kayla is their featured haute couture designer for this year. So that's pretty exciting. Woo! Well, thank you so much. I had a great time, and hopefully we'll be chatting soon. I can't wait. Okay, good, Kayla. Um, you have a great time at Fashion Week, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to following your career. Thanks so much for coming on Real People OC here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye now. So, well, thank you for joining us uh, here at Real People OC 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are having fun here at KUCI this week because we get to feature some of the exciting things going on with Orange County Fashion Week. If you've tuned in at all this week or last week, um, we're continuing our um, series on what's going on in high style life here in Orange County. Lots of fun, lots of great things happening. And now I get to turn to the um, the other side of Orange County Fashion Week, which we've learned that each one of these designers and each one of these events is really committed to giving back while they're out having fun. And I wanted to share some of the ways that they were doing that. Uh, some exciting um, charities are benefiting from all the socializing happening uh, this coming Fashion Week. And so um, while you're out and about having fun, maybe having a little cocktail and dressing up a little bit. It's pretty exciting to hear that uh, some good things are going on um, as a result of all this, all this great fun. So one of the, um, one of the charities that we wanted to highlight here is Hidden Warriors, hiddenwarriors.org, founder, founded uh, by Marlene Sarley. She is coming to us all the way from New York. Oh gosh, I bet it's cold out there, Marlene. You'll have to tell us about the weather. It's freezing. <laughs> yeah, it's been about it's, the other day. It was like two degrees, literally two degrees. I bet you're so gonna I'm... gonna be thankful to be out in Orange County because we've got some great weather in store. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to be on the beach. Well, Marlene's organization, Hidden Warriors, is really creatively using avant-garde fashion, makeup artists, and stylists, costume creators, yoga meditators and all different types of occupational therapists, um, creative volunteers to, um, to support her mission. And Marlene, you're the best to tell us what the mission of your organization is. Tell us about Hidden Warriors. All right. Hidden Warriors is a Brooklyn-based, not-for-profit organization that uses all those things that you just mentioned in order to empower women who have had a cancer diagnosis. So a lot of times um, when you're faced with something that... Uh, tragic, you know, any kind of adversity can can kind of shift you into survival mode. I call it survival mode when you get really scared and you're anxious all the time. And um, when we're in that state for too long, we forget that we are powerful beyond measure, just like all humans are. So our uh, our purpose is to reactivate that forgotten strength and find each hidden warrior in each each of these women. So interesting. What led you to realize that this might be an essential part of healing from a cancer diagnosis? <laughs> My mother um, was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2012, and I had struggled to find a way to strengthen her. And she is the kind of person that loves to get dressed up and likes everything to be sparkly. And she, you know, she likes to surround herself with beauty and um I, you know what, it was, it's kind of a weird genesis. A couple of different things happened to kind of bring me to this one idea. Um, and we use headpieces, which are um, very extravagant. So the um, headpieces shift the, the wearer's body into what's called a power pose. Um, and that, uh, it's kind of complicated to explain right now, but um, it shifts 
the hormone levels in the body. It translates to a feeling of empowerment. So there's science behind this, and it kind of came together in a way that I could, um, you know, create a game for everybody to play to in order to strengthen these women, uh, my mother included. So do they actually play a game, or is this all worked into yoga postures as well? Or Well, I call it a game because... Um, it's play. It's really play. It's a game that everybody wins. So I created this game where everybody, um, you know, all these artists and um, therapists use their superpowers in order to strengthen. And so they're using, they're living their purpose through this game. And the other players in the game are the warriors who get strengthened. So at the end of the day, everybody involved who's playing this game wins. And the, the name of the game is Find the Hidden Warrior. Interesting. And tell me about your involvement in Orange County Fashion Week. Um, that just happened kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, Serendipitously? Serendipitously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we were published in uh, Avant-Garde Magazine, you know, three-page spread, um, after our first makeover, Warrior Makeover. And after that, we were on Michelle's radar, and she nominated us to be featured as one of the organizations in Orange County Fashion Week. So we jumped to the opportunity, and we're going to be there in a couple of days. We're ready to go. Very exciting. Are you going to be featuring some of your ladies? We are, yeah. The Warriors are the main focus of the uh, the whole show. Um, we have seven Warriors who, are, um, who have all experienced a cancer diagnosis, and they're ready to go. Everybody's very excited. And what night are you showcasing? We're on Wednesday, March 4th. Wednesday, March 4th. And what do you remember what location that is? It's at Anki. Oh, very exciting. Oh, very yeah. cool. That's right. That's yeah, they're going to be... Avant-garde night. Yeah, they're going to be on a glass catwalk. So oh, it's going to be fun. Very cool. Very exciting. Yeah. Oh, very fun. Well, um, what do you hope to... Um, how do you see your organization, you know, in a year out and then five years out? What is? What are your, some of your goals? Okay, glad to, to hear you ask that. Um, we want to, um, first of all, our goal is a worldwide service, and it's already happening. Um, people want to have warrior makeovers across the United States and overseas. So in the next year, we want to spread out as much as we can. We want to have a, um, we want to establish a headquarters somewhere in the New York City area um, that will become a community center um, for strengthening women with cancer. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so, but otherwise, we, we want to go as far as we can. And everybody's involved. Everybody um, wants to do warrior makeovers, kind of like a, it's become a viral thing. I want to say that out loud. It's, it's becoming viral. Oh, my gosh, that is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is so cool. What does it take to become viral? Can you give us a little insight? Everybody wants to be viral at some point in their no, life. No, it is. I think, I think that the beauty of this project is that, it's a, it's a it's a possible it creates a possibility of unity um, and empowerment. You know, it, it's uh, it, it gives artists and creative people and therapists um, a way to use their strengths toward the greater good. And um, whenever people are living their purpose in service, I think that that creates a you know a kind of ripple effect, and everybody kind of jumps on on board. And that's what we've been experiencing within Warriors. And um, do you do this, like, do you have hidden warrior events where everybody comes to one place, or how does that work? 
Yeah, well, right now we're 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 kind of traveling with it, but we've um, our first makeovers were in Brooklyn, New York, and Williamsburg, um, where we you know we went to a photo studio and had our event there, and um, you know everybody just kind of assembled there. But ever since then, we've had a lot of uh, requests to come to LA, and we didn't know how that was going to happen, but it just happened one day, and then we just kind of you know gathered everything and. Uh, joined forces with a lot of people in your area, in the Orange County area, and we made it work. So that will all come together on March 4th. Now, some of the costuming and the hair and the headdress are very elaborate. How does one of the individuals pick um, her hidden warrior? Um, well, we, it depends on what, um, what headpieces we have on hand. So sometimes they don't get to pick. Sometimes the stylists pick for them, Ooh. depending on the shape of the headpiece or, you know, the vibe of the headpiece. Um, but in New York, we have uh, several headpieces that they can choose their own, and we can kind of um, base the look on that. But otherwise, um, you know, our stylists have... Uh, have our stylists are highly intuitive, and they usually pick out the right headpiece for the warrior. You know, the warriors are usually happy with the choice. Some of the pictures on the website are amazing. Um, if anyone has interest, they can go to hiddenwarriors.org. That, again, that's hiddenwarriors.org. Um, are, is there a place for people to donate if they wanted to support the cause that you're working on? Yeah, yeah, right on the website, on the um, donation page on the website. Okay, good. Are you finding that people out of the blue are donating to you, or are you having to get out <laughs> there and get some exposure? How's that going? Yeah, well, <laughs> we're just focusing on getting the the warriors strengthen. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's it's fun to do the work, but it's taking up a lot of time. But uh, otherwise, the donations are coming in just from random people that have um, you know heard from one person or another. So we're we're doing that for now, and we're hoping for more in the future. Or or those that have benefited from um, from having this done for them in their lives, been strengthened by it, really. Yeah, definitely. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Well, um, Marlene, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to seeing you out at Fashion Week um, on Avant Garde Night. Yeah, we can't wait to see you. Very exciting stuff. All right. Um, so if you're just tuning in, this is Kimberly Martin, and I'm your host of Real People OC. We are here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine each and every week on Thursday afternoons from 4 to 5. And we're always happy that you join us. We have... Um, I think we have interesting folks, so um, stay tuned for the next one, okay?